I Love Mortgage Brokering, Episode 5. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Lori Rasmussen. Lori's a mortgage broker with Mortgage Architects based out of Calgary, Alberta, and she's been a broker for just over 12 years. Hey, Lori, you're ready to rock today? Ready to go. Ready to go. Awesome. So why don't you just take a minute and tell us about yourself personally and about your business? Okay. I am a mother of two. I've got a teenager driving a car and a 13-year-old boy that's busy with hockey. I have had my mortgage business probably for about 12 years. I do have a storefront um, and we operate with uh, myself, three staff, and I have two team members. And so how, how did you get into the mortgage business? Like, so where did you, you've been doing it for 12 years, but what did you do before this? Yeah, prior to this, I was uh, in the corporate world. I was uh, a sales manager for a rather large airline for about 15 years, um, and I took a buyout from there. I transitioned into um, new home sales. So I got my certification in new home sales, and I started working for a builder. And I was working weekends and evenings and doing all these fun things with a young family. So everybody coming through that door needed money. And everybody I was sending off to go get some money seemed like they would come back fairly frustrated, did not happy with the service, weren't qualified. And I thought, wow, that's something I could probably help people with. So I kind of looked into the situation and I looked around uh, for some business and then I went and took the mortgage course and that's how I got started. So you, you were basically working in the, as a salesperson in there and, and saw that there was obviously a not, there was a service gap and you thought, hey, I can, I'm already talking to these people. I might as well just solve their problem for them. Exactly. And then I thought, well, gee, I could, you know, um, be at home and then have a better balance because I had a young family and I was working every evening till 8 p.m. and every weekend. And I thought, well, you know, this might work better for me for my lifestyle. But on top of it, I thought there was so much room for improvement there and I could see it and I could see it in people's faces and their disheartenment and, and you know we weren't getting sales because people weren't getting approved and I thought gee I don't know a lot about numbers and, and stuff and a lot about mortgages but I, I, I stayed in the I stayed in the new home sales at the same time as I got my license because I thought well you know I better make sure I'm going to be able to handle people appropriately and I think I uh, after about three months I just quit the new home sales uh, which actually to be honest with you I loved it just didn't fit my lifestyle that well and then got into um, working with some of those builders and stuff like that. You know, I, I agree. There's sometimes I've got friends that are realtors and I look at my schedule and I look at theirs and I think, man, I wouldn't trade schedules, nothing against being a realtor, but I wouldn't trade jobs with you for, for more money just because it's always weekends, it's always evenings. You know, you have time off, but it tends to be when your your kids and stuff are in school and mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's something to be said. We have a pretty good, if, if you can get it to work right, this, it's a pretty good lifestyle. For sure. And so what would you say your split of A to B business is right now? Like sort of what's your sort of, what's the trend for you? I, um, our business actually is, is pretty diverse, but um, 90% of our stream is from new home builds. So our deals are not closing uh, for anywhere from nine to 15 months. So we've got a lot in our pipe and a lot of rework and a lot of retention work to do. Um, and then we do um, business with some financial planners. We do business with, um, as well as some of the realtors around. I, I would say our referral base is probably about 40 deep in all referral sources. 40 different sort of centers of influence that send you guys yeah. business. Mm-hmm. 
Cool. And then, so that you said, did you mention an A to B split? Sort of like A business and B business? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. 90, I'd say about 96% is A. Okay. And have you and, seen and, have you seen more B lately? Yes, and that has increased. Uh, I would say this year we've probably seen, you know, I would say maybe about a 10% increase and even more so in the last couple of weeks. It's kind of strange. I don't know what's happening, but uh, just, just some people with some financial difficulties, but good equity. Um, so we're able to help them. But um, yeah, uh, it's a small part, but we, I love these businesses. It's, it's one of my favorite ones. <laughs> you have to put on your thinking cap every time. Yes, you bet. So before we dive into your story, I'd like to ask about a success quote that has impacted your life or business. I love quotes. I love how they distill an idea into a, you know, a, a really short sentence. So can you share with us a quote that's impacted you? Yes, I have two. Actually, my favorite one that I have is every human life is insignificant unless you yourself make it great. And that's a founder of the Notre Dame College in Wilcox, Saskatchewan named Perry Murray. I went there for four years. So every human life is insignificant unless you yourself make it great. And I always have this on my computer screen, and it's never, never, never give up. And who is that by? And you know what? I don't know. I was going to Google it here because I just, I just seen it one day, and I, and I, I have that on every screen here. It's, it's actually, I, I believe it's from Winston Churchill because I told you I'm a bit of a okay. quote nut, and oh, so okay. he, uh, yeah, I love that quote too. So that, that one. So how? Give me which one of those quotes. So let's say the never give up one. Can you give me an example of when you applied that to your business and like a story or an ex- a specific example of, of how you applied it? Yes, um, I can remember. I, I used to think you know you'd lose a deal you know whether you weren't fast enough you weren't smart enough there was better rates out there and and you know you might lose four or five deals a month and go home oh, you know how am I going to make it there, there, what I what I do now is I, I already know that there's going to be more around the corner if you just keep working at it and, and letting people know what you do and and um, I don't I don't worry about things so much anymore and I, I just worry about what people need what their expectations are, and and just keep going. Like, just don't give up because there is there is lots of business out there. It's just a matter of tapping into it and getting people uh, to refer you. And once you get people to believe in you, then I really think your business starts to take off. So yeah, so I, I, yeah that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good advice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I found that out. Like, I, I, it was so funny. I started with one girl at this one very large builder in Calgary, and um, I, I'll never forget. I walked into their show home. It was a really slow Saturday, and these two girls were sitting there talking about, you know, their their husbands and stuff like that. We're just joking around, and and I thought, gee, if I could just get one deal, and I did. And in about three years, I was looking at about 150 deals a year from that builder. Wow, just from that one deal that you that you got, were able to get from them that's right and that was a saturday afternoon going yeah i think i'll go out and check out some show homes <laughs> right <laughs> but you know i didn't talk about business or anything like that but it just you know to never to never give up and, and and take each deal take each deal and 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 don't look at the dollar value i always say get three more from how you treat those people because they, they know people um so every one deal we get we we were hoping to get three Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so one of the things I also love to learn from is from failure. And so I know in my life and business, I've made some mistakes. And so can you share a time that you had a failure and, and then what you had learned from it? Yes, I um, I actually 
had a partner. Uh, when I first started brokering, and, and um, my first two years of brokering, I actually uh, went and worked with experienced brokers that were really, really busy and because I, I didn't have any mortgage experience. I thought, gee, how am I going to sell these deals? So I, I sat down. I made $1,000 a month, and so I made $24,000 on the salary for my first two years, and I sat beside the two of the business brokers in Alberta. Okay, and so after that, I was ready to go. And and another gal who was really busy needed a partner, so I partnered up with her, and her and I were actually doing very very well. And it was you know that's when the boom started to hit. Um, and I had a business partner there, and we had a few falling outs due to some personal things. And when I wanted to go out on my own because it just wasn't working, I could it would be it would be we'd be like massive today, but it, it didn't work that way. We had some falling, you know. And what I learned is, if you've got some really strong ideas on customer service and your referral sources are their expectations are very very high, if your the partnership I had there was their expectation wasn't the same as mine, so I took a hit and when, when you're doing this business is it, it's really nice to use and, and, and use everyone's ideas and, and go around and find information but just be careful on a partnership because what happened is we we fell back a couple of years. It took me a couple of years to rebuild because we had a mixed customer list. That's probably one of my biggest failures I've had so far as I, we, we put our, our customers together. So when I went to go leave that partnership that was hard for me to do. They had my they had my database. Okay, so just when you're doing business and you're getting into business with people, there's some great partnerships out there. Just just have a good plan in place. Just have a really solid plan on the exit strategy. If there's one, you know things happen. And and I I, I had a couple of years there where I had to really rebuild and and you know it almost turned into a law case and everything. It was actually pretty serious. So what I learned from is if you can drive your own business and and surround yourself with really good people, I, I think you can do really well. And, and, so, um, and, and partnerships with spouses and stuff like that sometimes can be very difficult. And I think what happened is when they're bringing in new partners and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's hard, you know. So just be careful with that part. I had, I had a failure there massively. And so now do you have partners right now or how is your business structured? Yeah, no, I am, no, I'm a sole, I have my own, like, brokerage here, and then I, I have employees, right, they're all, they're all on contract with me. I have a, one of my mentors is in his 70s, and he's this sort of retired millionaire guy, and one of his pieces of advice to me was never go into an equal partnership, because no, that assumes both people are going to, you know, do the same amount of work, and, and so he, he had this, one of these, his business principles was don't go into an equal partnership. And so it sounds to me like, yes, I've had partnerships in the past. It didn't work out the way I was hoping. And, and so if, if you had to distill it down, if you were, you know, fast forward, to, if you could go back to that time, what would you have said to yourself before you were entering into that partnership? What kind of, how would you, what would you say just in a nutshell? I, I would have had a prenuptial agreement. I, I, I don't know. I, I never thought it was going to go sour because we were we were we were really really flying. Like we started to, I mean, we had a lot of business. We were really powerful. We had a lot of similarities, but it's it you know it's never equal. If you're drawing in forty million and the other partner is drawing in fifty two million, it's never equal. And and your 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 mentor is very right with that. Mm-hmm. So um, and and you got to have a really um, you got to have a really strong relationship with that. So 
Yeah, I just I just probably wouldn't do it, and I just actually got approached last week to come into a nice, beautiful partnership, and I already know it would have been beautiful, but I already know it won't work for me, mm-hmm. and um, because I have my own business plan, and my business plan doesn't fit into theirs, and and I I just don't want to. Um, if you think you're top notch, your ideas are top notch, and someone else's aren't, then you're gonna have you're gonna have a problem in your partnership. I think it limits you a little bit. I, I think it might limit you. If you are brand new, I think it, it, it's nice to set yourself up with people and, and work around an office. Like if I could suggest anybody getting into the business, don't, don't stay home and work. Get into a busy office, come and learn, but don't expect to make millions overnight. That, that's not what the job's about. And um, so just to be careful on, on you know, I would, I would probably not go into a partnership without it being really clear what's going to happen, you know. So it sounds to me like put it in writing so that there's no there's no um, confusion as for, for any party and uh, work out what how, how do you unwind a partnership even before you start, even if you think going in that everything will be fine just so that you you, you yes. both know how it could work without, like you said, almost like a prenuptial agreement. You've, both, yeah. you've, you've spoken about all the terrible things that can possibly happen and let's just... That's uh yeah. yeah that's great you advice. Gotta be, you got to be a lot giving up. You got to you got to realize there's a lot more to share, and and if you're splitting it right down the middle, and you're like I said, if you're earning more, or vice versa, they're earning more, and you're splitting it down the middle, you're 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 going to start to wonder. Like if I got into a partnership with someone that's doing a quarter of the volume that I'm doing, and we're splitting it half down the middle, it's probably not going to work. I'm going to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you're so, not you're not equally yoked, as they'd say. No. So, and that's just a caution, a word of caution, yeah. Okay, that's great advice. So one thing I've also noticed t- with talking with successful brokers is they have a system or a process, either sales systems or follow-up systems. It sounds like you have follow-up systems because you have to stay in touch with these people for long periods of time. And so can you give us an example of a, a specific process that you have and how you've changed it or tweaked it to improve it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually we do. I, I have um, a lot of processes in... in um, intact right now because we have I have manuals I have put like policy and procedure manuals that I and and so that the staff can you know they know the expectations so um, for an example if um, I'll just give you a quick example the referral comes in we we have 30 minutes to call the referral so I've got these strict guidelines and then as soon as the commitment comes in we got 30 minutes to call the client and get that out to the client so there's the, we have a whole procedure manual, and I follow it very strictly, okay? And we use the same templates for every deal, um, you know, uh, when commitments are going out. We, we have some very, very strict guidelines. Now, what we, um, we're, we're tweaking it all the time because things are changing all the time. Um, it goes into this a little bit further, like, you know, with, with just trying to bring enhanced value to the, you know, to people, we're trying to bundle our insurance, bundle our legal fees so that we can save people a flat rate instead of spending a lot of money on the after costs of the mortgage. Um, so we're constantly looking for ways to improve that process and, and partner up, not, not in the same office, but with nice partners just in Calgary and, and in, like I said, in Cochrane, actually. And so we're always looking for ways that it's seamless for the customer. Um, so those are ways we're trying to, um, like our follow-up process is we're, we're in touch with the client every three months because we're, we're over a nine to 12 month period, right? So we're in, we're in, we're in follow-up every three months and we, we actually don't, we only track that, um, you know, we use Golmax here. 
so we we use that process there and um, so far it's it's worked for us because you know people are doing upgrades rates are changing premiums are changing so we're constantly in front of them but you know not bothering them per se either right so mm-hmm. okay. um, really it really it's the procedures that I have here in the and we're really strict with the procedures <laughs> so were you always like that or is this something that you've developed from being sort of being a busy broker yeah yeah, well, yeah, um, I find everybody I talk to, because I follow up with all my referral sources, and I say, so what are we doing good and what are we doing bad? They they love the quickness, they like the communication, and we're constantly updating the referral source. And when I talk to realtors, the first thing they say to me is, I just want a phone call. And I go, what do you mean you just want a phone call? Don't people phone you? And, and they say, no, I, I don't know for days what's going on. Every day we're waiting on an approval, we're in touch with the referral source. So you guys, if you have a realtor that sent you a, you'd tell, you'd call, do you call or email them every day? Email. So the, the call goes out first. Um, the first thing when we get a referral is, the first call is to the referral source, not to the client. We, 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 we call the referral source and say, thank you for the referral. We will be calling them within the next 30 minutes. Once we've spoken to the client, then, which is in the first 30 minutes, or if we can't get a hold of them, we just tell the realtor, we've just touched base with them, we haven't gotten in touch, we'll keep you advised. And then, you know, deal's been sent off for approval. We should hear back on Palm this day. And then, you know, we follow it up. And our turnaround's usually around 24 hours on a commitment, right? So it seems like a lot of work, but usually we have it back before then. Some some lenders are four hours turnaround, right? So it sounds like a lot of emails, but it's just keeping in touch with them, mostly via email after the initial contact by phone. I, you know what? I, I, one of the things I do with these interviews is at the end of every one, I, I say, okay, what one idea or concept can I steal borrow from the person that I'm talking to and I'm totally taking that call the referral source first because I, I have to admit I'm not very good at but I, I think why not call them first then you can actually get a sense of the person you're calling and maybe there's some connection and man I don't know what that like I've been doing this eight years and that did not never dawned on me till you just said you know that, that's oh, that's awesome yeah so like if another client sends in a, in a referral we phone that client like we'll we'll phone so John Smith calls us from a previous transaction. We'll phone him up and I'll say, you know what, that's just awesome, you know. And then then we might send them out for dinner if the deal closes. And and we're constantly um, that has proven and proven over and over again. And um, I don't know, that's just one of the things we do, you know. Um, and, and it's got to happen fast though. And then what I like is that if it's a realtor or a builder, they know you have the deal. They don't have to phone you and say, did you get it? Oh, yeah, no, I got this deal right now. Thanks for that referral. And, you know, they never say, you don't even have to call me. They don't ever say that to me. They're happy <laughs> that you called. Up. Yeah, they, I'll just say, hey, you know what, uh, John, I got I got the deal on Brian here, and we're going to call him in the next 30 minutes. I'll keep you up abreast. You know, I've had this guy, um, you know, I talked to him last week already. Sometimes we have the client first, right, or whatever. And just, just to form that relationship, and they get so used to it that, mm-hmm. They just go, oh, thanks for the call. We'll wait for you to get back to us. And believe it or not, when you have tight guidelines and, and tight timelines on condition dates, they're way more relaxed. They know you're working that deal inside and out. Right. They, that, they don't get hyped up. They know you're doing it, right? So I love it. So I've already found my, my thing that I'm going to steal from you. So I thank you, Laurie. <laughs> so one of the other things I've noticed, a recurring theme, is that I, I'm hearing from brokers is the diversifying your income. So offering either different products or different. Mm-hmm. So is there anything that you have had success with or something that you're thinking about sort of focusing on in the next year? Yes. Actually, I just, I already took my life insurance course. I took the course already. 
So I want um, my goal here, and and uh, this is just a value-added service, and, and it's not to make um, it's not to make more money. It's to bring that value-added service because it's something else you're doling out. And I truly believe a lot of people don't understand the the product in life insurance and with debt. So I look at it as a totally really, uh, you know, compatible product with mortgages and, and showing people how they can, you know, earn some money, make some money, and, and really at the end of 25 years, tie it in with a life policy and stuff like that. So I've just taken the life course. I have to write the exam. I just, I, there's a lot of studying with the life insurance course. Like it's about 100 hours of studying. So I haven't actually done it yet, uh, written the test, but I've taken the course and I'm so excited. I phoned about five clients, you know, that I've, I've known for a long time. And I said, listen, how, how's your life insurance? And they go, oh, I don't even know what I have to my company. And, and I said, well, can I come and sit down with you, you know, in the next couple months? And they're like, oh, I can't wait. When can you come? There's so much education, and, and um, will it pay? Yes, it will, because it actually is a very lucrative business if you're good at it. Um, but what I want to do with my team of, of people that I have here is once you have, uh, like once you have your insurance certificate here in Alberta, you have a, an insurance number, the girls can go and get licensed as well, and they can sell a life insurance for me. Really? Okay, so, yeah, because they could put it underneath your number, your 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 Alberta insurance number. So, I um, I I think as from a business perspective, because I might not have the same employees for for a lifetime, but I I because I, I had that partnership already, I know better than to say, okay, you know, Nancy, you can go get the life insurance. We'll we'll put it all through you, but it's my pipeline. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold the license certificate. They're going to get licensed, and they can do a little bit of this on the side in the evenings to make some more income. And then every one of my clients, though, will be underwritten underneath my name with them selling the life insurance. So you'll you'll own the the book of clients then. You bet. Right. That's 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 thinking a few steps ahead. That's great. Yeah. So excited to get that going this year. It's just finding the time. Um, I I only thirty percent of the people pass this test. <laughs> right. You'll pass it. You're smart, and I think yeah. yeah I'm, I'd love to hear any year how things are going with it from from yeah, you. Yeah. 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 I figure um, just monitor like. Because we're doling out all of our life insurance right now. You know, we use MPP and then we dole out our life insurance. I figure there's about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of income there. Wow! Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. definitely worth uh, <laughs> worth getting your license for. Yeah. So, uh, how do you? Obviously, you got lots going on. You've got your business that's busy. You've got your team. You've got this insurance thing. So, how do you balance running your mortgage practice and your family? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I have um, had the same. Uh, staff for a long time and I have been working very hard on building leaders. I'm, I'm very interested in, beating, in, in building people um, to um, help me make, build my own business. I, I mean I have some very very strong goals but I like to invest in the people that are working for me and I like to empower them and I like to watch them learn and, and, and make a good living. They're all girls. I don't know why we're just all princesses here but I I couldn't do it without them. They're they're that good. They are that good, and it, it's it's it, you know it's a lot of work. But I, I send them off for courses. I have, we're, we're constantly working on how we can get better and stuff like that. And, and they're they're smart and they're fast, and the clients love them. If if I and I I follow up with uh, referral sources. I follow up with clients, and and I and I just say to them, you know what? How how's our service? And 
And if I hear anything that's a little bit off, we just deal with it right away and we, we stop doing it that way and we, we just keep building on from there. So uh, it's we've just been so fortunate because I have their help. I can leave for three weeks and my, my operation doesn't slow down. Right. That, and that gives you the time to be able to go and do family things. If you That's where the power of a team comes in versus the individual where you you have your phone attached to you and you're stressing out because you can't, you know, get a hold. Anyway, I agree. I think that's a, yeah. that's, that's wise. Yeah. And so they're here every day. We're open Monday to Friday, nine to five. They'll even take evening calls. Um, I, I honestly, I, 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 I trust them. I, I know they're doing a great, great job and, and they've been right beside me. You know, I said, quit talking like me. You guys are starting to sound like me a little bit. <laughs> we always joke about, you know, the little minions and stuff, but like it's kind of a, it, it's just, it's just so great because when someone phones here, they're going to, they're going to get the same information and right. they're going to feel the same. And, and that, I think once, you know, you have a good brand, it's no different than buying a Starbucks coffee. You know, and um, uh, I, my quote is, you're only as good as your last deal. And if we're not good at our last deal, then we have to fix it. So I'm really strict on the service and the workmanship that we have going out the door. Mm-hmm. No, that's fantastic. So now I want to move to the rapid fire questions. So these ones you can answer just a little bit shorter, okay, you know, sure. type question. So what do you think is the number one thing holding most mortgage brokers back from being successful? I think they're in it for the money. They're not in it for the people, and they're they're in it to make a buck. Um, I'm opposite. I'm I'm here to deliver a service that I think is really lacking. And I'm in the people business. I'm not in the mortgage business. I'm in the people business. You just happen to do mortgages. Yes. Okay. What do you think? What is, do you have? One resource, like an internet program or software that you use that makes your business more successful. Well, I use GoMax, but that isn't um, what's making. I, I I use one thing is the telephone. That's very old school, but it actually works really, really well. Mm-hmm. That's what we use. We're on the phone a lot. We talk a lot. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? Yes, I actually, um, any book from the author John C. Maxwell is um, my favorite author to do with our business. And my favorite book of his is Developing the Leader in You. And that goes back to your building the leaders around you as well. That's correct. So, and where do you think our industry is headed right now? Like, where's the opportunity? Tons. I think there's lots of opportunity for us. You just got to be good. You got to be smart, and you got to be, you got to bring some value, and um, not be afraid of what's out there. Just, just take care of your, just take care of what you want to do. There's nothing stopping you, and I think the future is there. I, I mean, if they stop us from brokering, it doesn't stop us from going to, you know, hold a book at the Royal Bank or hold a book at the TD. I'm pretty sure we could walk in with a book and go, hey, I'm here. I've got this happening. Uh, so don't, don't cut yourself short. And I, I think there's lots of room. People are really, really interested in, in being educated these days and want, and want the best of the best. So I, don't, I think it looks great for us. I think, I, well, I personally think it looks great and then if all else fails I guess I'm going to be in the life insurance business (laughs) (laughs) yeah well yeah that's fantastic you you know um, yeah I had a quote that I just totally oh yes someone said to me once before that you should serve don't sell and it sounds to me that's exactly what you do if you serve people take care of people don't sell them and the the money part of it will take care of itself that's exactly I I, I don't look at money on deals I, I don't I don't look at if it's a five hundred thousand dollar mortgage or a million dollar mortgage, it's a mortgage. We have to take care of the client. It doesn't matter what it is. 
Right. And uh, it, it, it just don't look at the paycheck because they, it, as soon as you start dealing with, I got to go to this one lender because they pay 115 bits, you have a problem. Right. And then I never do my business like that. So one of my favorite questions is: If you woke up tomorrow, you sold your business, you moved across, you moved, moved across the country to another city about the size of Calgary, and you decided you wanted to start over, what would be the first few things you'd do to start building your mortgage business? I'd send my husband out promoting me. <laughs> I told you gotta promote me more. Get out there, come on. No, I'm just giving you our time. I would. Um, the first thing I would do is I would probably. Well, this is what I would do. I would pick 10 small companies with about 200, uh, 200 employees or less, maybe even a 500 person. I'd, I'd hit 10 of those companies and I would go in there and I would market myself. I'd start small and I would see if I can get on their, you know, their employee boards, on their employee websites. I would make them an offering. I would say, you know, we got some specials on this month. I'd have my marketing material ready and I would befriend somebody there. Okay, I would then let everybody and their dog, whether it's through my kids, through my church, through anybody, uh, know what I do for a living. I find a lot of people don't want to tell people what they do. They don't promote themselves enough. Because remember, we're looking for somebody that's going to refer you. Once you get that one person that thinks you're excellent and you're a miracle worker, as they might call it, then that just will multiply for you. That's That to me is always finding that one person that really believes in what you do is just, oh, you know, fantastic. And if you can get 15 of those people, you don't even need to look for any more business. But going back to that question, I'd be um, onto the Chamber of Commerce website. I would find those uh, five to ten companies and really market those five to ten companies. It might be a Costco, it, I'm talking like the Ford dealership in town, smaller places, get to know some people there. I would talk to, I would introduce, like I'm in Cochrane, there's 16,000 people here. I would introduce myself to the realtors and show them what I have. I would be involved, um, and, I, and I've done this here, I'm involved with the fire department, I'm involved with the police and the teachers. So everybody knows you. And uh, the smaller the better because I can get to know them. Right. And then they know every they know people and they know people and, and I don't go after the really big fishes and I would never go after the big fishes if I've been in the business for two years. I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes is they don't know enough about the products and the business and, and the salesmanship of it yet. They don't trust you yet. They're, they're too big. They're too big of sellers. Like a million-dollar realtor when you've been brokering for two years is probably a little bit more than you can bite off. So to get started, I just I just know on a smaller scale, it's easier for me to break into the mold. And then after that, all of a sudden, the, the realty offices are kind of calling you. Right. That, the firefighter is going, is married to the realtor. That's, that's great advice, for sure. So another last question is, are you guys hiring at all? Uh, no. No. I mean, uh, you, you, everybody's part of your team, so you sort of find people. I, just, I, I like to ask because some people are trying to expand their brokerages. And, and then how can people find you online? Well, I have my website. It's nothing special. But I do have a website. And, uh, I mean, if you Google me, I come up in quite a few, like, little search engines here and there. I, um, I'll tell you why I don't have a big online presence, and it's just because my referral sources are quite, um, they're, they're average between, I'd say, 40 and 60 years of age. The referral sources, so they don't even, they don't, that, that's not where they're looking for you anyway. That's right. They're not. And so we are working on like, you know, I mean, you can have a web presence. You've got to have all this stuff. But I I don't believe um, that there, um, I don't think the internet can hear me. 
I don't think they can hear what kind of a service do we deliver. I don't think they can hear that we we know what we're doing. We know a lot. We know we've got great relationships with the banks, and we're going to pass those savings on to them. I don't think they can hear that through that. I I, I like to talk to people, and that's how we do most of our business so far. Is it going to change? We probably have to change just a little bit because my referral sources are going to retire here. But there's young guys coming into these companies too, and girls, and so you know we're we're working it all, but. The texting and even my young clients, it's too short of answers. They can't get a feeling for what we're doing for them. Right. No, that's awesome. So, well, thank you so much for doing this interview. You've given me some whole bunch of cool things. The one I'm totally going to take from you is to call the referral source first, and I'm going to start that tomorrow when I when I get when I get back to work. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your advice. If you had one last piece of advice or wisdom, what would it be? Oh boy. Oh. I, I don't know. Just, just, just keep your head down, and and like nothing comes easy. You you got to be enthusiastic, and you have to be persistent, and 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 form those relationships with those lenders because they're you're you know those underwriters they turn deals for us, and and they're awesome. So be clear, do a good job, and treat your customers like you're in Disneyland, and I think you'll do pretty good. And, and if I can add, never give up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's on the screen. It's a black screen with the white writing. That's what we have on all of them. Yeah, no, it's and and, and surround yourself with the leaders. Find some leaders. Thank you, Laurie. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host Scott Heckford on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Heckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.